I carried four Barbies to the trash can tonight in like a fake execution to try and quell the uprising. <laughs> ah, shit. Spilled my martini. <laughs> I did get that I one recorded that, too. I- Welcome to episode 16 of the Disaster Dads. Thank you all for joining us and uh, and listening to us throughout all of our trials and tribulations and experimentations. Um, this is your host, Eric, and I'm happy to be... I'm just rhyming. I don't know why. A couple beers in with some ice cream. And- experimentations. Did I miss a memo? Get, get a hold of Arlo Guthrie there? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the group W bench waiting for my turn. Um, there we go. So uh, I just want to welcome Joe, Rob, Dan, and Frank to the, uh, to the episode. And uh, all of you listeners, thank you for joining us. If you haven't, uh, give us a follow at Disaster Dads on Twitter and on the Facebooks. Uh, and uh, visit us on iTunes or Google Play and rate us and give us a comment. To, uh, be the first. That would be nice because uh, the rest of the dads aren't going to rate it. So we need our listeners to jump in and, and help rate us on this. So uh, so thank you very negative much. negative on uh, ratings from us. Yeah, you know, it feels a little weird, but it's good for you. So just... Give yourself a self-evaluation, Dan, and just put it on the uh, on the comments section on the iTunes. Guys, I thought when we were talking about self-evaluations earlier, we were talking about something else. <laughs> yeah, are you talking about reviews? I, I took that the wrong – I took a left turn on that. Yeah. I mean, we're all at that age. We should be doing that anyway, but yeah. you're, you mean write, writing something is what yeah. you meant. Yeah, I meant okay. writing something. Yeah, the other evaluation. Some of us are closer to the other evaluation that involves – no beans for a week, but the rest of us are <laughs> are a little farther away from that. So you um, might want to get a new doctor. <laughs> yeah. No, it's anyways. Um, but so again, welcome to episode sixteen. Thanks for joining us. We want to kick it off tonight. Uh, well, and this morning, whenever you're listening to us, but we want to kick it off with a huge and happy congrats to Disaster Joe for uh, adding a second one to the crew. And he's alive and he's well and he's joining us within the week. Is it? Hey, Wait, who's alive and well? I'm alive and well, or the you're baby's al- alive? You're alive and well. well. Everyone's alive. Both. All are doing well. Both. All are All alive are doing and well. well. And it's, you know, number two well, is let's be number two let's is not even honest. two weeks old yet. You, right? and, you and Mrs. Joe are not doing well. You and Mrs. Joe are in the hurricane <laughs> right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. know what sleep is. No, um, but but Mrs. Mrs. Joe is doing well. The baby was born about uh, what's today? Friday, ten days ago. Today's uh, Saturday. Beautiful. It's actually Saturday, but we <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. Well, and and this episode drops on Tuesday, so, yeah. so the sure, baby, the baby is week, X is days old. X6. And uh, but she is doing well. She's gaining weight. She's po- pooping, peeing, nursing, all those things you want babies to do. Uh, we're just well, not sleeping. I like yeah. to eat and poop as well, so you know those are things that I want to do. Yeah, yeah. As soon as and don't worry, someday someone will change your diaper. So this will uh, <laughs> come full circle. Come full circle. Full circle. Uh, and I think everyone on here except for Frank is ecstatic that you are the proud papa to a girl now. And welcome I know, to I that. Welcome yeah. to the pain train. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's all these. This house of boy toys and blues has slowly. Uh, no, that, the that, sands that, are 
The sands are slowly shifting. Oh, no, no, no. Just remember, moving I, in. Just remember I, bars on the windows, locked and loaded shotgun that you can bring out when the when the daughter brings home her first boyfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, see, I don't know that I'm going to be that guy. She can take care of herself. But... None of us are going to be that guy. Yeah. I, I want to well. credit Louis C.K. With the, with the quote or with the advice, but basically, boys will destroy your home and girls will emotionally destroy you. So yes. just, yes. you know. You got both worlds coming at you. We all do. Yeah. No. So, yeah. It's, I'll just take to destroy coaster. my home. Yeah. I'll just take to destroy my home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be good. But no, if all of if, us. If anyone it, needs bars on Windows, Frank, it's you. I think so. To keep yeah. them in, mainly. <laughs> um, all of us at the Disaster Dad Nation really want to wish uh, Joe and the whole crew congrats and. And uh, so we're happy for you. And um, so the second time around. What uh, yeah. can you think of what you did different in prep and or within those first 10 days? Oh, or can you think of things that you like, damn, I did this twice that I didn't learn the first time? Uh, yeah, there's some of the, all of the above. So <laughs> the, the, let's but talk first, about let's first, talk about you get prep the, for a minute and did, what didn't happen. Right. Did you get the tactical diaper bag? No, That's, I didn't. No, I did okay. not get a diaper. No, it's the no. second kid. You're not going to even have a diaper bag. No, you're going to have you, like one diaper and five wipes in your cargo pocket as a blowout kit, and that's it. <laughs> We're also not and, and, at the stage where she's leaving the house. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even give two shits about a diaper bag at this point. Um, <laughs> two no shits. Pun that's what, like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> With her, it's like <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> We are blowing through diapers, no pun intended. Um, no prep. Just like we Eric. didn't do any prep with her. I mean, like we we set up a like a rudimentary nursery, which she's not going to use for six weeks. Um, there were there are still no clothes in her drawers. There are no uh, diapers in the diaper caddy. Uh, we barely bought anything after she was born. Is when I went into the basement to dig out all the old stuff that brendan my son has grown out of um so like almost no prep it's just like we're dealing with one we don't have time for to deal with another oh where did you come from yeah i mean it's like and i also feel like i my my first child is um gonna be three Uh, i'm at the stage where he's still alive i did okay there (laughs) i can handle this so um you know we did i think we over prep and i think a lot of first-time parents over prep um, which is good. Like you need to get in that space where you have everything you need and you feel comfortable and all that. But by the time you hit the second one, it's like, I got this, you know, I know what I'm doing at this point, even though you still really don't know what you're doing. Um, you so can fake it better. Yeah, you exactly. You can fake it better. So we didn't do a whole lot of prep. Um, the one thing we learned this time that we didn't do with Brendan was with the sleep schedule is is setting timers literally i mean we set an alarm every like two and a half hours with brendan it was sort of like he his crying would wake us up or we would just like roll over freak out and then he would eat or we change diaper or whatever um with her we're like changing um we're like setting alarms waking up every two and a half hours because that's where she needs to eat like every two and a half hours for the first couple weeks Mm -hmm. um so we're like setting a schedule and that that is actually working so much better yeah, you're almost preempting anything. Oh, schedule yeah. going up. We, so, yeah, yeah. We, so we we're waking too, her up, feeding her, and she's she's crashing right back down. It's perfect. yeah. Do, we did that um, too, and did it's genius. You, did any of you guys do the? Um, oh, it was when they get a little bit older, 
the dream feed? I, I personally did not do that. No, I didn't but do my it. wife did. My that. wife did. So we did this, and this worked really well with both of ours, where um, we would only do formula um, nighttime, so that way I could do, we could trade off who woke up in the middle of the night, and it gave the wife a chance to recharge, shall we say, uh, overnight. And also we found that if we only gave them formula at night, it kind of knocked them out because it was just different than what they were used to. So um, what you do is like basically when I was getting ready to come up and go to bed at like 10, 1030. So the kid, the newborn had been down at that point for like two and a half to three hours. You go in, they're still all swaddled up and like locked down, right? Pick them up. You don't change them. You don't do anything. You just stick the bottle in. You get, get, you get the bottle ready. You stick it in their face, feed them. They're totally asleep and you put them back down like nothing happened yeah um and that can buy you like four or five hours it's it it is a great thing we did that if it works if it works it's fantastic but i will tell you walking into that room and doing the dream feed you're like the guy in the bomb suit in the hurt locker because you're like (laughs) if this goes wrong there's no survival we're all all dead i'm in the blast radius so um, it is high stakes. It's high risk, high reward. But um, for ours, we found I, – I need to check. We'll put it in the show notes. But I think it was at like four to six weeks we started it, maybe later. I, I can't even – who even remember? Yeah. We're, yeah. Well, and that that's good because we're, we've been told like no bottles, no soothies, pacifiers, binkies, whatever you want to call them, for six weeks. So, yeah. you know – Oh new? God! Your pediatrician's a fascist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. It was day two. Actually, I like here. my pediatricians. Don't um, get me wrong; they're awesome. Minute Love two, you and my first got a binky. It was like, yeah. hey, suck on this. Try this. Yeah, not, see, not this. See, that's the thing. Now, my neither, second thought. Go ahead, Eric. I'm I was going to say neither of mine liked liked pacifiers yeah. or bottles, and so unfortunately, I, you know, my wife ended up having to do all of the the nursing dream feeds, all that, because for the first one, no, not a single bottle in her whole infanthood. I maybe was able to get two bottles in her, her whole, the whole time. Now, number two has been much better and I've, I've done many more and she'll, she'll take them now, but it's not a, not her standard mode of operation, but she'll do it. But the first one, so it, but it was older. We started doing dream feeds much older. I would say like, two to three months maybe like farther yeah, down the be. road i i mean honestly i am so i have such hazy memories of the newborn phase yeah that could be more likely I'm, Late, lately it's though probably, i probably it's it's called repression dan <laughs> down. um yeah by the way the Viet Cong and newborns use the same tactics <laughs> yeah. i uh sleep deprivation and you know like pain painful positioning like if they fall asleep on your arm when you're on the couch you're done you're sitting there for two hours forget it yeah there's newborns there's nothing you're gonna do oh good and rob's rob's face just froze on my computer anybody else that's great i'm trying to get a picture of it he uh it's great it's it's wonderful Uh, i have i have black screens for everybody except me well, uh, no. by the by the looks of the picture we have frozen on your screens, you're pretty much just about to black out. So, yes, <laughs> it, it all it all works out well. Um, but no, lately I've been, I've been missing infanthood of the swaddle. When you said that, Dan, like 
my oldest has decided that she doesn't want to sleep at night and gets up multiple times to just check on me. Yeah, like just come into the kitchen. I'm doing the dishes or whatever. Hey, Daddy, what's going on? I'm, I'm doing the dishes. What are you doing up? I just thought I'd, you know, I just wanted to check in on you, make sure it was going well, because it sounded noisy. Well, it's okay. Can you go back Uh-oh. to bed? Ah, I guess. And then, like, 15 minutes later, just making sure things are still going well. So it's like she will she will hunt the house to try to find you if you're not immediately in the kitchen. So you kind of just have to stand out there for at least two to three visits per night. Oh. Yeah. I remember when I when we moved Hannah, my oldest, from crib to bed, uh, and that started to happen. I kept flashing every time I would go upstairs to go to bed to the scene in Jurassic Park where the Velociraptor figures out doorknobs. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that's basically the thought process that was going through my head. I'm glad point. you finished that sentence because I was kind of stuck on heat. I keep flashing and I was wondering what was going to, I hope you don't end there. So that's, that looks good, Joe. What other, any other fun tidbits you want to add to any, uh, any new dads that you've learned no, from the uh, first time around? Well, I would just say if, if all the dads out there, if we can make this a universal rule that if anyone ever again tells you to sleep when your baby is sleeping, you get to punch them in the face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> guess, yes. guess what? Hard you have two. Rule. You have two the other children. One is, um, they, enjoy the other one that I hate is oh, enjoy this stage because it goes by so fast. Yeah. Not when you're in it, mother. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No. I. Or when uh, you have when you have more than one, use that time when one's sleeping to do things around the house. Yeah. That doesn't work either. I can't. No, I can't there's, even. There's, it's like it's like I fart in your general direction, and then everybody wakes up. It's like you can't even like walk through the house if if they're yeah. asleep. You're doing whatever you can as quietly as possible, but you're not sleeping because yep. you know that that's just impossible. And by the way, um, Joe, I hope that you and Mrs. Joe are ready to not get chores done for like the next eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. What are what are chores? Exactly. Are I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If any of us go over anyone else's houses, I do not judge at all if your house looks like you have two kids because it makes total sense to me. I actually See, I, judge more in the, judge. In, in the opposite direction. Where if kids... Why is your house so clean? <laughs> <laughs> where are your children? <laughs> have you locked them in the basement? Do they never yeah. leave? <laughs> yeah, you, your house is way too clean for two kids. We are calling child services. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll it'll be a blessed time, and and we are here for you as as I'm assuming the rest of the disaster dad nation will support you, Joe. So, so best of luck so, with all of that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I gotta say though, Frank's been here the most for me. I gotta pan a big ziti for Frank. So, props to Frank. Well, I'm glad he let the oh, rest of us oh, know no, he was got... going over there. Come on. <laughs> he, he's got an entire freezer of big ziti. Actually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, just, I do. I do think he's, they're just is like, that why it was labeled Pan One Hundred and Three of Two yes. Hundred? <laughs> yes, he's got one freezer just full of baked ziti. The other one holds like beer or something. I mean, oh, do you have a kid true. have a baked ziti? Oh, do you lose a family member have a baked ziti? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Wednesday. Let's have baked ziti. <laughs> Let's see, it'd that's, be that's better if we could see his Italian household. It'd be better if we could see his picture to see how he's reacting to this. But he's probably like, eh, "Yeah, this is true." You just—he's not—he's not faced. You just 
I grew up just knowing that your freezer, my freezer was always full of some sort of dead animal that was shot in the neighborhood. <laughs> Frank's full of baked ziti. Baked ziti. <laughs> in my neighborhood, if we shot an animal, it was usually a squirrel, a raccoon, uh, a bird. It was a urban dwelling animal. <laughs> and if it ended up in your freezer, you had mental issues. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, shall we move on to the next topic? Oh, uh, no, because this is fun, though. <laughs> yeah. But um, so along the lines of taking. Okay, fine. What other dead animals do you have in the freezer, Eric? <laughs> I don't have any now. That was back growing up. I've told you. There's a whole nother podcast we could start on my messed up childhood. Um, <laughs> love all my family. Um, so <laughs> the, all of this leads into another issue, uh, you know, that everyone paid attention to even those of us that don't have any idea about when the Oscars are on and when we watch them. But there was a fun issue that took place at the end of the Oscars that you may have heard about, about the uh, announcing of the wrong, the wrong award winner, not normally something that we would want to talk about, but there was an, uh, an article in slate. I want to say it was um, that talked about the, uh, how the, what is it? how disaster science explains the Oscar mix-up, and so it, it's kind of fun from our perspective that we, you know, you take that one step, you think you know what's going on, and you, you just no one stops, and one small error, well, I mean, one error. I don't know if you want to call it a small error, but one error just kind of cascades into this huge issue, and there were there were a couple checkpoints throughout the the process that could have stopped it, but, but nothing happened there. So from a, from a disaster science and just a general life issue, it, it makes you kind of take a step back and realize, you know, you may know what's going on. You may have an idea, you know, the, the two presenters have done this for, for hundreds of times, maybe not just in this award show, but many others, you know, they get up there to read an envelope and then they move on. That was just kind of, routine and they trust the people there but they didn't take a step back and realize something doesn't seem right here but i'm just going to keep going going forward with it so you know uh rob has kind of kind of looked at this from an engineer's perspective and some issues there so i'll let him talk about it for a little bit but you know the rest of the dads let's you know we've been texting back and forth about it so we can now just add some audio to it but just how it's it's interesting just it seems like a simple thing, but it just shows how you take that one step and no one steps in. Look, look what happens. And, you know, kudos to the producer that finally stepped up because no one from the show did. It was someone who, who got the award that they shouldn't have. They're the ones that realized or were, you know, informed that it was wrong. They're the ones that stepped up to, to fix it. Not the people running the show, you know? Well, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I see. I it. mean, he was at the microphone when it happened, but the like all of the producers and everybody just ran on stage. Yeah, yeah. what ha- with the with the show and the article kind of gives you outlines how it works. Is you have two accountants have all the uh, they each have their own <clears throat> set of envelopes. So whatever side of the stage the presenters come in on, they hand them the envelope for that award. So there are two complete sets of envelopes. Um, and what had happened was accountant A on stage right handed the envelope, turned out it was the wrong one, and accountant B on stage left realized she already gave out that envelope. That shouldn't have gone. He should have reached for another one. Um, turns out the other disaster that came out of this and, and 
was why he was distracted, it seems, the theory uh, as to why he handed the wrong envelope. So we'll have fun, some fun with that in a minute. Um, so that's where it came in. The other accountant, and the accountants have to memorize all of the awards. So when Faye Dunaway announces the wrong movie, the other accountant was like, that didn't sound right, and starts frantically looking for the envelope. Um, and that's where it comes in with the, the small error uh, snowballs or culminates into the into the larger errors, and that's where you get your disaster. Um, and from an engineering standpoint, you have your small error, you keep going, that small error causes something else. And all of a sudden, by the time you realize what the problem is, you can't pinpoint that small error that started it all. And, and that's kind of what you have to design in and, and test for and all sorts of fun stuff within the engineering realm, which I don't want to bore our listeners any more than we already have. So, or the hosts. No, no, or no. Or the hosts. So yeah. <laughs> one small thing snowballs into something else. Right, and you can't find what that original, you know, what that original point was, point zero of, of what the problem was and what actually caused the problem. You end up fixing other problems along the way, but you don't fix the original so, source. Well, based on that, I was – so this whole thing got me thinking about something I've studied in the past, which is called crew resource management or cockpit resource management. It's, it's a, actually a technique used by pilots um, to help limit human error. Um, and it's interesting. You talk about how one problem begets another problem, which begets a larger problem. Then eventually you forget what the original problem was. Right. Um, and, and so I actually was looking this in, in prep for this. I was looking, this started because in 1978, a United airlines plane crashed cause it ran out of fuel. Well, it ran out of fuel because the pilots were actually troubleshooting a landing gear problem and didn't pay attention to their fuel gauge. And so they had this problem with their landing gear and that caused, you know, just all these other cascading effects. And then eventually they, they crashed because um, they ignored their fuel. Gauge. So um, I guess a more serious issue than the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. But um, still a relevant <laughs> example. I, guess. I think the big takeaway from this is um, don't let the accountants near the movie stars. <laughs> exactly by the pretty people yeah well and that's the other disaster that that accountant needs to work with is he's got to explain to his wife now why he's instagramming with emma stone mm-hmm. i mean you know that's how he ended up losing his job so there's your uh multiple disasters did he lose his job did he lose his job oh, but both accountants were told that they were not coming back next year no, 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 right. They yeah. were, well, they were not going back to they the were Oscars. Not doing the Oscars. They were removed from that okay. account. So he's still working as an accountant, but guess what? Now you're doing taxes instead of going to the Oscars every year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, both of them were like senior executives for PwC. So right. I don't think they're doing taxes. They probably ran small or they probably ran business units, but still. My point I'd is they lost a pretty plush that. assignment. Yeah. Yep. No question. But it's it shows that, you know, you have a job, you know, you. Yes, it'd be cool to take pictures with whoever's there or whatnot, but, you know, focus on your job because that's that's what you're there for, you know. Well, it also goes to show you how much social media can get you in trouble, whether you're, you know, handing out the award for best movie or you're watching your kids at, out at a beach or something like that and you look down at your phone or whatever you're doing on a scene of an emergency. You look down at your phone to play around with it and the next thing you know, something snowballs into a larger incident you lose your kid 
yeah. So social media has a lot of uh, pitfalls. Yeah. Well, and that plays into you know, these guys. I think have I forget how long it said they've been at uh, their accounting firm, or this might have been like the fourth or fifth round they've done at the Oscars. Um, but we've the five of us have all either either seen this, seen someone fall into it, or we've fallen into it ourselves, admittedly. And that's the complacency part of it is we've done this for 10 years. We've run this route before. We know what we're doing. Guess what? You just got lost. You know, you just got thrown a wrench and you weren't paying attention. Um, And and that's the article talks about um, wildland firefighters. And, you know, sadly, the ones who are end end up being the line of duty uh, deaths aren't the aren't the newbies. It's the ones that have been in 10 to 12 years of they've seen everything. They know what they're doing. You really don't no matter what kind of call you're on, a wrench is going to come in at some point and you can't always relax at, at, at the varying levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, the, one of the things that I used to always talk about with my crew on the ambulance was that just locally, some of the more recent line of duty deaths that we encountered were not big, huge technical rescue crazy calls it was a call on a highway in the mm-hmm. middle of the night where someone tried to hop a median and didn't realize there was a ravine it was somebody on a windy night in a house fire that was a fairly run-of-the-mill house fire right. but conditions changed and he got stuck in a stairwell and these are you know this is not a 9-11 attack you know once in a career calls these are relatively common you know accident with injury or a single-family home house fire calls. It's the right. it's the mundane that can come back and really, you know, we had a, we had one guy at our house that retired, had to medically retire because he hurt his back lifting a really heavy patient. That was, and he wasn't paying attention to his form, and he hurt his back. Yeah, and yeah. so it can be the mundane type of stuff that uh, ends up really hurting you. Yeah, there were a couple of good books that we had going around about routine emergencies. You know, the everyday thing that you run is, is not always every day. And, you know, that's what you got to keep in mind. So that's how that's how we screwed up. the. That's how they screwed up the Oscars. Yeah, but my we were kind of talking about it before we started recording that my my entertainment for that was that uh, Warren Beatty. So I didn't think things looked right, kind of took a kind of just took a pause on things and then um you know handed it over to who was um uh faye dunaway Dunaway. hands it over to her to be like hey this doesn't look right you know here you deal with this and so he just passes it off without you know i thought she like took it out of her took it out of his hands though he sort of was like no whatever she did she ran it into the ground she, she tossed she thought, it completely. She thought he was joking because at one point she mutters to him, "You're the worst." As he's just yeah. like, as he's looking at the envelope yeah. or looking at the thick card, and then he checked the envelope to see if there was another card in there. She thought he was like being a ham, and said, "Oh, you're the worst." And then, uh, and so then he ended up handing it to her, and she was just like, "La la land." She's just like, oh, I see the name of something here. I'm going to right. read it. Yeah. So ignore the Emma Stone part. Just yeah. Ignore that. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it just goes to, you know, from the from the dad parenting's perspective, or just general life. You may have done something a thousand times. You may have 
you know, you may have driven your car to that grocery store, you know, every other day for four years. You know the route. You know where the lights are. You don't think that, you know, you need to put your seatbelt on this time or whatever. You know, put your seatbelt on because you never know what's going to happen. It's, you know, you need to take charge of what's going on. And and if you see something that's off, you know, step up and, and kind of take care of it. You know, it may be routine for you, but it may not be routine for someone else on that route. Um, same thing with your kids, you know. you. Yeah, keep an eye on them and, and try to, to to keep the, I don't know, keep your focus on where it needs to be and realizing that not not every day is routine. You may have the same schedule going on, but it's always it's always a new and adventurous day. Yeah, yeah. is that too deep for us? No, nope. no. Sorry, right. let's let's wait out of it. We're we're okay. <laughs> so. All our kids are of ages where they're throwing wrenches, whether it's literal or. <laughs> right <laughs> or not it's just you know the the inner the number of problems and issues that you know come up that i never thought i'd have to deal with things and places and and how did you get stuck here and what i don't even i didn't even know that that was possible you know or you think you're out of the woods on something you know recently the oldest potty train three and a half you know going well on that on that route and then you forget sometimes that there's still little kids and she gets excited about playing with this one toy and doesn't want to take a break and you knew you knew that she drank that whole bottle of apple juice and a little bit of water but yeah you know she's in a good mood things are fine yep and you got that accident that you have not prepared for and have no clothes uh, so that's when we rely on the, the kindness of strangers and friends to loan you kid underwear and pants. But it's just like, you know, haven't had an issue since since itty bitty. And then and then it happens. So you can't you can never drop the ball. And then, you know, it's no one's fault. It just happens. It's, it's just a thing. But it's like, oh, crap. I really thought I was out of this. So, uh, you know, always always paying attention. So keep that in mind. Always have spare clothes no matter how old they get. Just put it in the car. It's a good thing to have. Um, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of planning ahead, good thing to have or whatever. Uh, we're taping this episode the night that daylight savings. Um, is it daylight saving savings? Yes, savings. Ings, savings kicks in, and so spring forward. So uh, we're going to be losing that hour. You know bachelor eric had no issues with that it, it sucked but you know saving saving oh yeah no so, s daylight no. saving time I'm saving my time um you're exactly right and so you know i i had no problems with it uh eric with two children is just pissed at the world and why do we have to do this stupid time change because uh, it just means that instead of waking up you know at we're going to be waking up a, a much earlier hour than we were used to. And it's going to be light out when they go to bed. And my oldest doesn't like to sleep when it's light out. She thinks that that means she should be awake and running around. So I just know that now we're going to be going to bed in the later hours. So, um, our prep, uh, and we can go around the horn on this. Our prep is just, uh, oldest Mr. Nap today. Uh, missed we she said she was tired and we distracted her from not wanting to go to sleep um if good bad parenting whatever you want to call it that's what we did hope that that worked out it it didn't night was a little rough go all on. right so here was our prep 
our prep was at four o'clock this afternoon trying to, after having dealt with like total toddler insurrection all afternoon, trying to reason out through our head. All right. If it's spring forward, what it, does that mean? We want to wake them up early or do we let them sleep in? And then what does that mean for afternoon nap? Do they start? And it took us like 30 minutes to get on the same page about <laughs> what spring forward actually means at that point. So. There are po- All right. So I, I feel like it's an hour difference, but I feel like there's advanced calculus going on with the wake up early, the go to bed early. We sent our kids to bed at like probably 45 minutes early, hoping they'll sleep, but we're going to spring forward. So do they go bed? Seriously, it's, there's yeah. a lot of high level math even I can't do in in the equations when you're dealing with toddlers. I just was I just started adding an hour, uh, probably around dinner time, just thinking, all right, so I want to treat this as actually seven o'clock right now. So what should I be doing right now? So right. that's pretty much how how the evening has been running, um, knowing that okay, so lately we they've been getting up at you know six thirty. So that what does that mean? So Old 6.30 is going to be 7.30. 7.30. So, you know, can't let them sleep in that late. But do uh, So, see, yeah, it's, it's a whole nightmare of issues. Yeah. You know, in, in my household, it really doesn't matter. My six-year-old, soon to be seven, is like a teenager and will sleep till noon. So it doesn't really matter. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll sleep through it. And my, my three-year-old just gets up whenever the heck he wants. He comes downstairs and... That's it. Just does it. Yep. I kind of envy that. I I do. My oldest will yeah. probably my oldest will probably sleep. He's I, he's the one. We had to get him an alarm clock to tell him it's okay to get out of bed. You know, the, the alarm clock is designed to tell you for a kid who gets up. Yeah, the alarm clock is for a kid who gets up early and it tells him to stay in bed. This one, we're like, no, you got to get out of bed. Okay, get out of bed. The so one with he's the- gonna be, with the red and green numbers, if it's red, you have to stay. If it's green, you can get up. Uh, if if it's it, we oh, call it the space good. bug, it's like a little orb with feet and antenna. And if it goes green, he can get out of bed. But it's <laughs> bizarre that you know we got to tell him to get out of bed as opposed to our my second, our daughter, who is pretty much banging on the door, yelling, "Wake me up!" At yeah. the top of her lungs to you know get out of her room. Well, as as we've as we sat here talking about things, I think I may have done the math wrong, um, thinking that they were going to be getting up at o dark thirty in the morning. So now I'm confused about what's going to happen, and and yeah, I need to. Um, now I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting here going. We keep up did I do the math wrong on this? And how is this going to work? So we just keep uh, them up a little later. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you have any ideas, drop them in the comments on the page. It's Let us know uh, what math you did for right. your kids or, uh, or <laughs> comment on our Disaster Dads page or Disaster Dads on Twitter. Uh, let us know because we'd love to hear it. Um, we, we, may, we may do a short follow-up episode as to what, what the math was. <laughs> what <morning>. actually happened. <laughs> that may be there. Um, Is that why my kid gets up at 2 in the morning? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's daylight. No, your kid it's gets up at 2 in the morning because it's 10 days old. Oh, uh, Damn it! I knew uh, I couldn't remember. I just I knew it was something. It was something. Well, but that's actually three in the morning now. So. Oh, good. So outside of math, the other reason, uh, and the next issue, not the other reason, uh, the next issue that we're going to talk about. This has been a very you know article focused episode for us, which is good because 
I don't know. We need some sort of guy. Because reading is good. Reading is 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 it's, it's, it's fundamental. It is fundamental. Reading yep. is fundamental. I couldn't remember that tagline. Yeah, I, didn't, okay. I didn't read enough as a kid. <laughs> and, you know, conjunction junction. What's your function? You know, I. And then you're not throwing DVD out somewhere. alternative facts. Yes. Um, you know, Knowing another another article that we uh, that we stumbled More across. You know. And another article that we stumbled across, thanks to. Uh, other lonely friends on Facebook and other places was an article from the Boston Globe about how, oh gosh, I can't, I don't have it in front of me right now. The title was something along like, why do men, why are men so lonely? Something along those lines. Um, it, it's basically the, the number one health concern to, to middle-aged men, which sorry guys, we're all hidden. The biggest threat we're facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity. It's loneliness. Yes. There you go. That's what it is. Um, but the, as much as a lot of us don't want to admit we're there, we're uh, we're in that we're in that demographic. The, the, put it uh, in the show notes for you. Yeah, we'll put it there along with the other article. But the yeah. the gist of the article is is you know as we get older, we get lost in our our family lives and we get lost in our work lives and forget about our friends and all those kind of things. So the uh, the fun part about it is, I I know that I'm gonna you know probably die earlier than I should and I'm going to be fat and overweight um, and enjoy that but I'm not going to die as early as I possibly could because of this podcast that's why because you guys <laughs> rounded I see it a little differently I figured because we bother each other basically incessantly I could start um, smoking and drinking a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh that's actually true too we could do yeah. that I hadn't. I had not looked at it from that perspective, but that is one way to look at it. You know, Disaster Dan is on a is on a uh, smart train. Smart train. I'm not on that train. I'm not getting no. on that train at all. What? Yeah. What? We went from we went from reading is fundamental to Dan is on a smart it's a crazy train? train. It's a crazy train. Uh, yeah. Something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. It, I, too much ice the, cream. The, the it's lessons, starting to hit me. The lessons I picked up from. From the article is, uh, you know, we, we lose contact with high school friends, college friends, what have you. Um, and, and, you know, once you get into once you get into familyhood and, and fatherhood and two kids and you're, you know, you're running around soccer practice and whatever events you have, you know, it's hard to make friends, admittedly, when, when we're older. Um, so there's you need there's a need to find events or commonalities that um let you find that friendship or, or, um, help me out guys. What's another word? Whatever we do here, the it's five our, of us, our we, camaraderie, uh, making fun of Eric in the chat. Yes. It's, yes, it's camaraderie. That's well, it's, exactly it is camaraderie. And just so the listeners know, Brotherhood. the, uh, yeah. the, the fellow dads believe I'm a little dark by saying I'm going to die early. It's something that I have been saying for years, you know. Around See there, s- Sylvia Plath. About yeah. 68. Yeah. I'm always, I've always said I'm going to be around How many stones you got in your pockets there, Chief? They're big stones in my pocket. Don't you worry. Oh, God. I walked right into that yeah. one, didn't I? Yeah. You walked right into that, and I'll just serve you up some tea. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some D. How is it possible I'm the only one trying to be serious tonight? Man, this hurts. Well, it's because you gave up drinking for a while, and it's still kind of fresh to you. Yeah, right. Um, no, I've always I've always told people I'm going to live to be about 68. Anything over than that is just going to be just sad and depressing. Anything more than that is gravy. Yeah, well, gravy. not even gravy. I just don't even know if I really want to deal with it. 
Who wants to put money on this? Anybody interested? What's the line on no. it? No. You're not it? creating a death pool. <laughs> you're going to – what's the <laughs> – He's saying damn, what's, damn, what's who's the who's got under? What's the West Wing thing? Don't you're gonna jinx the whatever? You're gonna you're gonna uh oh yeah, it's the no, you're, uh, you're gonna uh, annoy the whatever high atop the thing. We haven't won anything yet. The speech is done. Two speeches are done. What's the second? I've got a speech if he wins, I've got a speech if he doesn't. You wrote a concession? Of course I wrote a concession. What do you you wanna tempt the wrath of the whatever from high atop the thing? No. Then go outside, turn around three times, and spit. What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> Isn't that pretty much our job description to annoy the whatever high atop the thing? Yeah. Yeah, basically. That's that's what this show is for. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. But no, Rob, you were correct. You were taking it seriously, and then the points you had to say were very valid. I'm sorry that that everyone else distracted you from that's the, all right. the so, seriousness that you were going for. What what we what we feel we luck at we related. To, I relate it to the article on a couple levels of that. Yeah, you do need something outside of the home. And, you know, my wife and I are very understanding that we each of us get a night. You know, and the the article talked about um, a guy having a Wednesday night. That was that was his night out with his friends. And, you know, outside of this podcast where we get together and virtually drink and berate each other. Um, Wednesday night is my night. I have a running group that I go to and we go out, we run and we drink. Um, there's a theme there if you haven't caught on. Um, so <clears throat> that's what the art, you know, now it's, but again, it's not easy. So there's a lot of backstory of how do you find these groups? You know, and like we said, friendships aren't easy guys. Friendships are, are terrible yeah. to find and start. If anybody's tried that in their, their later years, um, the five of us have been really lucky in that we found the common bond of, of a fire department. I'm not, I don't say that's for everybody. You know, I would question if any As of us could go back. We know that. Yeah, and, and I would question if any of us could go back and do it again. Um, but we lucked out with having that bond. Um, the other thing I thought of when they talked about, you know, the, the guy's night is um, I got to give credit to my dad, which is I've always looked for, you know, the Wednesday night or, or some kind of we'll just call it that for for argument's sake. But for years, he's done a, a guy's night out where, you know, they would go play racquetball and then head out and have some beers. And he's done that for ever, for as long as I can remember. So God bless my dad. I mean, he's, he's got that set again. I credit him with being ahead of the curve on that one. I mean, it's, it's admirable and it's something that we should all try to do and, and take advantage of. Um, But no, I just am as, as, random as this is you know this is going to save our lives so i enjoy that you know hopefully it's going to save someone else's life yeah you're already a goner why are we listening to you (laughs) that's true (laughs) whatever sylvia let let him get his thoughts out while he can next topic please well Anybody review the tactical baby carrier pack? Yeah, I mean, as I say, I think we should end on that since we started with a new addition to the Disaster Dad family. We should see about some of the equipment that can be used for that new addition. So I think Disaster Rob did examine uh, one of the newest items out on the market. And by examining, I watched the 45-second YouTube video. (laughs) Well, I did that. I don't know if that so, gives us the right to review anything. We've got to talk about that movie trailer we all we all sent around. If we're going to talk about YouTube clips. We, yeah, let's 
Yeah. So real quick before we get into our movie reviews, <laughs> the the tactical baby carrier pack. I looked at it as it was a baby Bjorn that was olive drab green with a whole bunch of Molly webbing on it. Now, that's fine, but I'm starting to think that the tactical Molly webbing go ruck kind of thing is getting is starting to hit like a fashionable peak. Um, anybody read Tipping Point? Uh, yeah. You know, you're you're getting you know you have this upswing of, of events, and then all of a sudden now it's fashionable, and then it'll just crash. I, I feel like the the tactical Molly webbing go ruck is, is starting to. It's like when the Hummer came out. Remember when when it, it came from military grade to civilian grade? I feel like feel like we're getting into that with with wearable fashion. The original That's Hummer the way I was at. the original Hummer was an amazing vehicle. It got screwed up with the H2. The Just H2 and H3 completely destroyed it. Again, the yeah. tipping point is, you know, they were on the down curve. I feel like that's where this military grade wearable stuff is is, is heading. Um, that was just my point of it. Um, I've worn multiple kinds of baby carriers. Um, I have felt no less manly or dadly or bigly wearing them. Um, they were functional. They worked for me. The kid was comfortable. See, yeah, my so biggest thing was that's where, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, my biggest thing with some of them though is there were two or three versions I tried that I literally I couldn't make big enough for me to fit in it and the kid. So that is just like one other thing. If you're kind of a bigger guy, well, you have you're to not make sure to get in it. I know, but I like to ride around and just see what the kid's perspective is going to be like. <laughs> um, but you know, if you hey, are. Eric? He did. He did take Kevin for a uh, test drive in the Baby Bjorn before yeah. before his first came along. That, that was nice. <laughs> oh God, that was a long time ago. Kevin uh, liked it. Kevin had fun. I don't yeah, know about I'm you. sure. Well, because also, you know, Kevin actually got to be taller than everyone else in the room. So that's that's also a bonus for him. No offense, I'll find the picture. But little Kevin strapped to you was pretty comical. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's that's one thing. If you are looking at things, some of these, while they have some other issues, they may be uh, designed more for a larger frame, so that could be useful. So I just put that out there. If you are looking for an, uh, some sort of baby carrying system, you know, make sure it'll fit you or give it, make sure you have an ability to test run it because some of them, some of them just don't stretch out large enough around the waist. Just going to say, what are you doing, Frank? I can't see me. your picture. Uh, oh, I can't see Ross' picture either. God, you too. Someone, someone <laughs> got issues. Maybe Rob. He's frozen Rob. too. I'm frozen the whole episode. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> me well, too. we got some background noise. If you don't know about it, it ain't. It's you. It's you. <laughs> um, but so uh, with that. Um, again, thanks everyone for joining us and listening to us tonight. We do again want us to do our best. Uh, uh, heartiest congratulations to the Disaster Joe family and can't wait to meet uh, the newest disaster in his family. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that, Thanks, Eric. You know what I mean. Only certain circles can be called disaster, be a good thing, and this is one of those circles. So, um, you know, with that, we panic so you don't have to. And thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs>